sex should be pleasurable. Sex was designed to feel good, really good. That quote is from Sheila Gregory's The Great Sex Rescue. And here in this book, she talks a lot about how modern church teaching has taught a lot of myths about sexuality. So in this short episode, we're going to talk about what are some of the myths that the church has been teaching when it comes to sexuality. In the episode last week, I talked about how the church emphasizes male sexual release, often to the exclusion of female sexual desire and female sexual release in marriage. And today, we're going to talk about some toxic teaching that is leading to what we refer to as the orgasm gap. That is where men are having more orgasms than women in committed marital relationships. And we're going to talk about what are some things that can begin to bridge that gap. So let's look at a few examples of the teaching that she emphasizes here in the book, The Great Sex Rescue. So first comes from a very popular book called The Power of a praying wife and there's a quote here that says but for a husband sex is pure need his eyes ears brain and emotions get clouded if he doesn't have that release end quote now there's certainly a kernel of truth that having consistent sex life is a benefit to men but one of the things i think that this teaching is emphasizing is it's putting women into the place of feeling as if they need to meet every sexual need of their husband and almost that they exist for the sole purpose of fulfilling that need so for example another book she quotes here a popular book called his needs her needs has the following quote he trusts her to be sexually available to him whenever he needs to make love and to meet all his sexual needs just as she trusts him to meet her emotional needs, end quote. So here again, we have the same teaching where it is a wife's job to meet every sexual need. That's what this book right, right here says. And it also is excluding her sexual needs and saying that instead she has emotional needs. One of the things that that teaching here is framing is that the wife does not have sexual need of which the husband should be expected to meet. However, he does, and she's supposed to meet those needs every single time. Now, I wonder where scripturally would someone go to try to make an argument that men, to the exclusion of women, have sexual needs that a wife must meet. Now, my guess is the closest you could get to that would be 1 Corinthians chapter 7, where in verse 3, it says the following, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. But what's interesting about this passage is that it's actually speaking mutually. It's not just a need the husband has that the wife must meet, but also the wife has a sexual need that the husband must meet. In fact, if you read this in the message translation, it's much more obvious about that connection. It says, quote, The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife. The wife seeking to satisfy her husband. So I'm not quite sure where we came to the place of saying, Men have this sexual need that women don't have, and women must meet that sexual need in a Christian marriage. It should be both. It should be mutual, that each spouse has needs that the other spouse needs to care enough about and seek to meet. And especially if you're going to try to give that teaching that women must meet every sexual desire that a husband has, you know, my question there would be, how often? Like once a week? Once a day, twice a day, three times a day, especially on a channel like this, Soulfire 209, where I talk about addiction. We talk about gospel hope for a porn-filled world. You know, one of the things that addiction can drive us to do is to desire sex to medicate any negative emotion that we have. It could move you to wanting sex not as a way to connect intimately and emotionally, but rather to try to medicate their pain that you're going through. And in this case, and she brings up this point in the book, The Great Sex Rescue, men can use their spouse like methadone to kind of 
to calm all of the difficulties and the stressful things that they're going through. And I don't think that's a good perspective to have whatsoever. And really that leads to more of an abusive situation and using your spouse. So neither husband or wife should be viewing their spouse as a means to, as a means to get the ends that they desire. Rather, the focus in the scripture is that we should love and serve one another and seek just to love our spouse. But the focus and teaching of some of these myths we're talking about here on male sexual needs to the exclusion of female sexual needs really sets up women to have some poor sexual outcomes in marriage. Now, perhaps you've heard the analogy when it comes to male and female sexuality that men are kind of like a microwave and women are like a crock pot. And so there's a little bit of a difference in the sexual response time. So for the average for men can be three to five minutes and for women is more like 15 to 20 minutes. So there's a significant gap there when it comes to the response time for sex. And one of the that's one of the reasons that we have that orgasm gap where men are able to have an orgasm quite quickly, but for women it's gonna take a little bit more time to get there. And on page 45 in The Great Sex Rescue, she says the lack of foreplay is the primary reason for the orgasm gap. So the challenge here for men it, when it comes to pleasing your wife in the marriage relationship is to slow down a little bit to consider her needs, to take the time to invest and, and do what works for her to get her aroused and to get her to orgasm. Remember that the sex act is not the 100-yard dash where you're trying to get to that finish line as fast as you possibly can, but this is a great area to communicate with your spouse. Find out what foreplay is good, what works, and what is helpful for your spouse. In fact, on page 47, she says, quote, adequate foreplay makes a woman 6.43 times more likely to frequently orgasm. Now, I think we all like the sound of that. And so if you like the sound of that, would you hit the like button here on this video? Helps this channel to grow, helps this message to spread. But she has a challenge here for the men in these marriage relationships as she talks about this issue of the orgasm gap. She says, quote, no man should be satisfied unless his wife is also regularly satisfied, end quote. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, because when we're talking about each spouse being satisfied in the marriage relationship, it brings up the reality that this can be difficult. It can be hard. There can be a situation in marriage where one or both is really not enjoying the physical intimacy that you're pursuing together. But you know, the beauty of God's design, where sexuality is reserved for one man and one woman within the confines of marriage, is if that's the only spot that you can go for that sexual release, the natural beauty of that design is that it draws us back to one another to be forced to work through our issues, to love and forgive one another, especially when there's been past hurts, there's been past difficulties. God's design is challenging each of us to love and forgive our spouse, to pursue them again and again, even when it's been painful, to let the gospel play out in your marriage where God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. And we don't have to treat our spouses that way as well. And one of the myths that we need to do away with that this book is bringing up over and over is the idea that if you just wait until you're married, it's going to be so easy to be so wonderful to be so good in a sexual relationship. It's difficult. It takes work, but it is well worth it. God's design is really good and it is worth fighting for. Well, I'd love to hear in the comment sections, what toxic messaging on human sexuality have you heard in the church? What are some of the things that you think that need to be addressed? And are we communicating some messages that are making sexual intimacy in marriage more difficult? One of the ones I'm going to talk about in the next episode is this idea that if you just wait until you're married to have sex, it will be great. So subscribe if you want to be sure to catch that episode. Let me know in the comments, what do you think about some of these myths that she's talking about here in her book? You can check out The Great Sex Rescue. I'll link to that in the description below. 
This is Jason for Soulfire, and I will catch you in the next one.